Hello everyone, my name is Vanessa Lagos. I am a second year PhD student under Dr. Hans Stein, and today I will be talking about the effect of formulating diets based on a ratio between STTD calcium and STTD phosphorus and the inclusion of phytase on growth performance, plasma calcium and phosphorus, and bone ash of peaks from 11 to 130 kilograms. To start with a short background, Currently, calcium requirements are expressed as total calcium and how this calcium value is obtained is by multiplying the requirement for standardized total tract digestible phosphorus by 2.15. However, it is not clear where this 2.15 value is coming from. And the NRC actually stated that a ratio between digestible calcium and digestible phosphorus would be preferred if data for the digestibility of calcium in feed ingredients were available. And now, values for the standardized total tract digestibility of calcium in mineral supplements, plant feed ingredients, and animal feed ingredients were generated in diets without the inclusion of phytase, or in some cases, with the inclusion of phytase. So having these values, we were able to formulate diets based on standardized total tract digestible calcium, or STTD calcium and experiments were conducted to determine STTD calcium requirements. So to summarize some of the major findings from these experiments, first, it was concluded that diets should be formulated based on a ratio between STTD calcium and STTD phosphorus instead of individual values. Second, it is important to identify the target, whether the pigs are going to be used for reproduction or for meat production. And this is because the requirement for STTD calcium to maximize bone synthesis is greater than to maximize growth performance. And finally, the concentration of dietary calcium is very important because of the negative effect of excess calcium on growth performance. So different experiments were conducted to determine calcium requirements expressed as a ratio between STTD calcium and STTD phosphorus using different body weight ranges and targeting growth performance and bone ash. So if diets are formulated with STTD phosphorus at the requirement, here are the values that should be used to maximize growth performance or bone ash. However, these four studies are independent short-term experiments and therefore a follow-up study is needed to verify these numbers. Especially because there is a correlation between body weight and the requirement for STTD calcium to STTD phosphorus. So in terms of bone ash, the value increases as the animal gets older, but for growth performance, the value decreases as the animal gets heavier. And in heavier peaks, the difference between the value to optimize bone ash and growth performance is greater than when the peaks are younger. Therefore, the objective of this experiment was to test the hypothesis that the ratios between STTD calcium and STTD phosphorus from short-term experiments may be applied to peaks fed diets without or with microbial phytase from 11 to 130 kilograms. Now moving into the materials and methods, we used 160 pigs with an average initial body weight of 11.2 kilograms. We used a five-phase program from 11 to 130 kilograms, and since no experiment was conducted using pigs from 75 to 100 kilograms, we averaged the values above and below. 
In each phase, we formulated four diets using a 2x2 factorial design, with two calcium requirement estimates, total calcium or digestible calcium, meaning a ratio between STTD calcium and STTD phosphorus, and two phytase inclusion levels, 0 or 500 FTU of quantum blue. These diets were based on corn and soybean meal, and to better understand how the diets with phytase were formulated, in both the diets based on total calcium and digestible calcium, we assume that phytase releases 0.11% STTD phosphorus. However, for calcium, in the diet based on total calcium, we assume that phytase releases 0.16% total calcium, but for the digestible calcium diets, Values for the digestibility of calcium in feed ingredients from diets with phytase were used to estimate the concentration of STTD calcium in the diet. The calculated value for total calcium released by phytase ranged from 0.13 to 0.17%. We measured growth performance parameters, concentration and percentage of bone ash, and concentration of calcium and phosphorus in plasma of pigs. So to better understand the timeline of the study, the experiment lasted 126 days. At the end of phase 1, growth performance parameters were measured and one pig per pen was euthanized to collect the femur and a blood sample. At the end of phases 2 to 5, growth performance parameters were measured and one blood sample was taken from the same pig in each phase. At the end of the experiment, all pigs were euthanized and the right femur was collected from one pig per pen. For growth performance and bone ash, we evaluated the main effect of requirement estimate, total calcium or digestible calcium, the phytase effect, and the interaction between requirement estimate and phytase. However, for plasma calcium and phosphorus, we also included the effect of phase, so we use repeated measurements. Now let's move into the results. And we're going to start with growth performance. So first, I would like to set up the slide. Blue bars represent diets without phytase and orange bars represent diets with phytase. Lighter colors indicate that diets were formulated based on total calcium, whereas darker colors indicate that diets were formulated based on digestible calcium. So for average daily gain, there was no interaction between requirement estimate and phytase and no effect of requirement estimate or phytase. There was a similar response for average daily feed intake, no effect of requirement estimate or phytase and no interaction between main effects. And because there was no effect of the dietary treatments for average daily gain and average daily feed intake, there was no effect of requirement estimate, phytase, or interaction between main effects or gain-to-fit ratio. And although here I'm showing your results for the overall experimental period, the same response was observed at each phase. The only exception was in phase 4, where for average daily gain and gain-to-fit ratio, a tendency for pigs-fed diets based on digestible calcium to have greater values than pigs-fed diets based on total calcium was observed regardless of the inclusion of phytase. Now we're looking at the concentration of bone ash at the end of phase 1. So bone ash was evaluated in terms of grams per femur, 
and this value is closely related with the body weight of the pig and as a percentage of the bone. And for both grams per femur and percentage, there was no interaction between requirement estimate and phytase and no effect of requirement estimate or phytase. This result was expected because, as I showed earlier in this presentation, the difference for the requirement to optimize bone ash and growth performance is smaller when pigs are younger. And here, I want you to keep in mind the value for the percentage of bone ash in these pigs, which is around 50%, for further discussion. For the concentration of bone ash at the end of the experiment, day 126, we also measured the concentration in grams per femur and percentage. And for both, there was an interaction between requirement estimate and phytase. So when we look at the concentration in grams per femur, we observe that these values are greater just because these peaks were heavier. But also we observe that in the diets without phytase, there is a reduction in the concentration of bone ash in pigs fed diets based on digestible calcium compared with pigs fed diets based on toral calcium. And this is because the digestible calcium diets were formulated using values that optimize growth performance and therefore less calcium was included in these diets. However, in diets with phytase, no differences were observed in the concentration of bone ash between the two requirement estimates. For percentage of bone ash, the same pattern was observed. But here, if we look at the value in heavier peaks, this number is 10 percentage units greater than at the end of phase 1. So this indicates that these peaks have greater bone mineralization than younger peaks. For the concentration of calcium and phosphorus in plasma, there was no effect of requirement estimate or phytase and there was no interaction between main effects. However, here we can observe that the value for the concentration of calcium in plasma is quite constant across diets and this is because of hormonal regulation of calcium. Calcium needs to be maintained in plasma in a level between 8 and 12 milligrams per deciliter. However, this is not the case for phosphorus and that's why here we observe some variation across dietary treatments. Now for the concentration of calcium and phosphorus at the end of phases 2 to 5, again we used the same peak, so here we are also evaluating the effect of phase. So here we are looking at the result of concentration of calcium in plasma in each of the four dietary treatments. However, if we look at the statistics, the only effect that was significant was phase. So if we average the values for the diets in each phase, we observe that there is a linear and quadratic effect of phase on plasma calcium. So this indicates that because heavier peaks have greater bone mineralization than younger peaks, more calcium is needed to synthesize bone and therefore less is present in the bloodstream. For the concentration of phosphorus in plasma, we observe a tendency for a three-way interaction between requirement estimate, phytase, and phase. So if we look at each one of the diets, there was a quadratic effect in the diet without phytase and based on toral calcium, a linear effect in the diet without phytase but based on digestible calcium, and a quadratic effect in the two diets with phytase included. So here again we observe more variability across diets 
but the quadratic effect of phase again indicates that heavier peaks have greater bone mineralization and therefore calcium and phosphorus is pulled out from the bloodstream. In conclusion, ratios between STTD calcium and STTD phosphorus can be used in diets for growing finishing peaks without affecting growth performance. There are no differences in bone ash between digestible and total calcium diets when phytase is included, and there is a lower concentration of calcium and phosphorus in plasma as peaks grow, likely because of a greater bone mineralization. With this, I would like to acknowledge AB Vista for the financial support and all the members of the Stein Monogastric Nutrition Laboratory. And if you want to learn more about this or other topics, please visit our website at nutrition.ansai.illinois.edu. Thanks for listening.